Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 148. Recap breakdown show we're gonna be hitting you hard because we got seven more weeks of fights on the way in a row in a row wow i got good news for you we're gonna be bringing premium content to you here at lesbo and the bean real quick how did your night go at fight night 138 montauk i had two fights that i picked that were robbed from me by the judges even though the fight should have gone the other way that we'll talk about Totally. Ozdemir, I went super heavy on on my DraftKings cards, and he lost, which we'll talk about when we get there. I still finished in the money on every single card. I feel like I was still making big money on most of those plays as well. Wager Gager helped out a lot mm-hmm. as well. We had a lot of sneaky plays that you could play on the backdrop, and uh, it ended up coming out. It was... A rough fighter nights, to say the least, because there was an exci- a couple exciting ones, but there was a couple robberies and some cold-blooded fights going on. But from the bottom to the top, we had Stevie Ray defeating Jesse Ayari in a three-round decision. This is one of the biggest robberies you'll see all year long. I totally agree. I don't know how Stevie Ray won that with leg kicks. He had 40 leg kicks compared to Ayari's, like three or four, but Ayari had like 40 more strikes to the face. Um, the damage didn't really accumulate on Stevie Ray until the third round, but that whole fight, it was Ayari, for me, dictating the I agree. control of the ring, and I thought it was one Ray of Ayari's better fights, totally. and he totally lost it. It was BS, and then it was uncomfortable in the post-fight speech where Stevie Ray was like, I was about to hang it up. And then I finally win, and the judges saw it, and the whole audience oh, was like, they all booed, and then yeah. they all felt bad. Like, oh, oh it was a little cringy. Dang. Tough. Uh, so, yeah, where do you go with either one of these guys? It's going to be a fade for Stevie Ray next, potentially, depending on the matchup. I already looked better than he could, but I could see him getting cut as well for not being able to beat Stevie Ray, even though it wasn't his fault. I think Ayari has more fights left in him, and unfortunately, totally. I agree with you. I think Stevie Ray lost this, and we just have to remember the W on his record wasn't really a win going forward. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. For I, sure, I don't for know sure. about Stevie Ray. Agreed. Moving on to the heavyweights, we had Arjan Buller defeating Marcelo Gome via three-down decision. As the week went on, I was really hesitant on... Uh, Pulling the trigger, as I said on Ballard, I decided to at the last second just because I thought those takedowns would matter. Luckily, it came out, but I had a lot of people I listened to putting a lot of money on Gloom. I think Lesbo was on that train, was she not? I switched to Bullard on air. Oh, And good I'm call. so glad I did. So and you know what? Call. It was so funny, too, because I was even watching the fight like, oh, my gosh, I can't, like, I'm, I wish I would have gone with Bullard. And then when I looked at my tap, I was like, woo Oh, and cool. I didn't have Golem anywhere on my DraftKings because I thought this fight was going to be a snooze fest. And it turned out to be a snooze fest, pretty much takedown per round. And that the, the striking for um, Boulard was really rudimentary. We had said it before on the show as well, and the wrestling would take over exactly how we called here on the show. 
But what I really didn't like from that performance was the amount of damage Bullard took to his leg and rarely checked kicks. Um, just somebody else. Get a... Who's that guy? The Vanilla Gorilla in there. He'll kick your damn Sherman. leg off. Hey, Sherman. Sherman. He'll kick your leg off in there. So, I'm going to be really hesitant on both of these guys moving forward. I didn't like what either of them really showed me in this fight. Just like in the, the, the 205 division, the 265, it's fi- kind of funny how much uh, shit Demetrius Johnson got about his division being lackluster, how much competition was in it. And the 205 and the 265 are the same way for Daniel Cormier, John Jones. There's like this top two, three guys, and then everybody else. Totally. And, you know. Which, by the way, congratulations to Demetrius Johnson. He is officially going to one championship. It was all speculation, but that has now come through. I can't wait to hear what some of the contractual stipulations are. If Eddie Alvarez is getting some stock in the company, DJ better be getting a a good amount of stock because I do think he's going to bring a lot, as you were saying, to the Asian fight market. I don't know if I... I think it might be... Yeah, off air. We I don't know if we... T- did we talk about it on air? Were we saying that he's 125? He's got the perfect amount of contenders all like, over. This is official. It's like, you know, we knew it was happening or there was rumors about it, but that DJ officially announced it and... Um, You're the one who filled me in, but is Askren officially been picked up by the UFC or is that still just speculation? No, That's still Apparently, in the air. But I did see Ariel say that not only what DJ has accomplished for being the 125er and carrying the belt for the whole entirety of the division, but also for being the very first UFC MMA fighter ever involved in a trade. Like how what a big friggin' deal that is. Totally. Between organizations. So I think it'll be good for him. Yeah. I agree. I'm excited for it. I'm like, make a ton of money, dude. Go make a ton of money. And a video game player in a techie pl- country, it's perfect. It's perfect. Win-win all the way around. We were just trying to avoid this embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, this was at what, minus 600, oh, minus yeah. 700? Wow. Uh, favorite T. Edwards, D1 wrestling standout knockout artist, came in against Don Maddage and was TKO'd in round two. What we didn't see in T. Edwards' other competitions was his gas tank, and he does not have one. He'll blow you out in the first round if he can't do it. If he sees a little bit of resistance in there, um, he'll pay for it. All credit due to Maddich. He came in here a huge underdog, ate some good shots, and stick to a good game plan, used that striking credentials that he had, all that previous Muay Thai experience, and uh, picked apart T. Edwards. Devastating head kick finished it. Where do you go with T? I was shaky with T. Edwards the whole entire fight. I didn't feel like he ever looked like he had total control. Am I just gloating or did I say T. Edwards likes to keep his hands at his waist and it's going to get him in trouble later on in his fight career? I feel like you did say that. And I did. And that's exactly what happened. But he was hurt by Manage before that. So it was set up. Great fight. Where do you go with T? I think he beats some other guys. Maddage, I think, is a sneaky dark horse. Exactly. At 155, this is the premier division in the UFC. I like I don't know. I think they're both still too um, early in the roots to be talking about anyone in the leaves yet of the system of the UFC, but I'm interested in both guys going forward a little. Is this just the one time that T. Edwards didn't respect his opponent, that, you know, he had his hands down, like you say? Is this the thing that changes him to make him a better guy? I... 
I don't know. I don't know if the ring IQ is going to get better from here, but I definitely like what you're saying. Is it Madage or Maid? Madage, Mage. I think it's Magic Man as well as his nickname. The Magic Man. There it is. Madge. I bet it's Don Madge. It is Madge. (laughs) Magic. (laughs) Anyway. So, I like Madage. Madge going forward. I think he's going to be able to do some good stuff he had good reactions in there was really really composed as a young man he took a big step forward and uh it's gonna be fun to see where they go from this point out then we went on to the bantamweights and bernardo came in against sarah morass defeating her in a third round decision and if you want to see low level mma this is it they it was mainly a grappling fest but um i was just so so low even Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they, oh, I want to say they could probably beat me in Jiu-Jitsu, but I don't know. There's times in there that <laughs> either one of them took very unique positions that I was like, wow. I just, uh, it's a different league. It's a different league. Um, no, they could beat me. I guarantee you they could. Are, it's 135 women division, so I, it's just not a thick division. It's it's a wonder. I don't know where. Same they as two hundred five. Same as heavyweight. But same as I have to say, in my opinion, neither woman looked like this was their division. They every. It's been a long time. The only person I think that belongs at one thirty five, and I almost in my head think she's a one forty five, is Amanda Nunez. Yeah, Everybody else should that. be a one twenty five er. This division's odd for me. Yeah, I could see that too. They did look like twenty five ers as well. And it even looked like going to 25, either one of these ladies would benefit because both of their cardios would be that much better getting that extra weight off. Is that the way it is? It's not the way it is. It's the way I think about it. And a lot of people have a lot of other thoughts. So, yeah, I could I be know. wrong there. It's in. I, I stayed far, far away from this. I so did really I. I didn't bet it at all. It, yeah. Actually, that's wrong. Betting-wise... I did put Bernardo on a couple just because I thought that maybe she'd be able to get the knockout. Um, she did help me out with 93 points on DraftKings to help cash wow. some of those cards. So she did come through with a lot of those transitions and uh, threatening with submissions. But where do you go forward with either one of these ladies? I don't, but where is there to go forward in the 135? There's only Amanda Nunes. That's it. I can't even it's think of run. another fighter in the 135. It's always fighters that bounce back and forth between 35 and 25. So, Every, yeah. I feel like they're all solidified in 125 right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm really 135, 135. Uh, Betch? For Holly sure. would prefer 135. Irene Aldana? Yeah. Holly Holm? Yeah. Ronda, also, Ronda still probably Holly is carrying Holmes a place. between that 35 and 45 as well. But I don't even think she wants to be at 145. Yeah, anyway. True, true. true. Yeah. Again, where with these ladies? I don't want to talk about them anymore. Anymore, nothing. <laughs> Unless then you have something Qatar. to say, where do you think they should go? No, I don't like either of them going forward. Moving on to Qatar, defeating Chris Fishgold to be a TKO round number one. Thought Fishgold was going to have a better showing in here. I put him on one or two cards. I put Qatar on way more, and that first round knockout really came through. Uh, Fishgold just too big of a step up. I think Qatar is definitely a top fifteen, if not top ten, type of a fighter. Uh, once he's got a good training camp under him and he showed that stepping away from some of those promotional and other things and you can see what he can do in there. Fishgold beat other guys in there for sure but uh, he's definitely going to hopefully get a bigger step down by a lot because Qatar was, you could see how how devastating of a difference it was in there. 
How do you feel this one went down? What do you, what do you have to say about it? Exciting fight. Calvin Qatar is definitely worth an interest because I feel like he had this like slow rise in the UFC and then a dramatic fall, and this definitely puts him back on. But what do we know about Chris Fishgold? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get too high on Qatar, totally. even though it's a first-round knockout, just because Chris Fishgold didn't show that he was necessarily UFC caliber. So I'm nervous about going heavy on Qatar going forward, even though he looked amazing. I don't want to get super high on it. Good call. Totally a good call. Gotta be hesitant on that hype train sometimes. 145, though. He looks, Qatar looks good at 145. Did oh, he yeah. fight at that always? Uh, he might have had one at 55, but I think he's had two or three fights now mm-hmm. at 45. Uh, Moicano there at 45, but a couple other ones. Then we went on, we go on to the 155ers. We had Nazareth Hapkarast, most expensive DraftKings play against Tibu Gaudi in a three-round decision. Hapkaras took this handily, but pretty much the fight to me looked like Gaudi was in there not to get knocked out. He was just pretty much trying not to be finished in there. Hapkaras, has the hype settled a little bit? Or is he still as good as we thought he was? Or is Diakesi a lot worse than we initially thought he was? I never got on the Diakesi bandwagon. I do like Nasrat still going forward. I'm still high on him. I think Gowdy's just a little better than everybody was giving him credit for. Good call. I, um, I totally agree with that. He made it all the way. He was a punching bag for part of that fight, and then he looked good in part of it. I liked both guys okay. It's just that 155 division. Do they need how many more? Monsters. Yeah. You have to crawl through Do they monsters need? Yes. Keep throwing them in there. All yes. The Keep going, yes. monsters. Throw them in He's there. He's fun. I like how young Nazrat is, and I'm looking forward to his entire career. I hope the UFC is smart with the keep building him. With the thickest division in the UFC, also, I think, maintaining the most amount of fighters at 155. Do you think Gowdy's three in a row now loss gets him out of here? Because I'm pretty sure it does. Probably. He's not super memorable at this point, but I... He's an exciting enough fighter that if something happens on short notice, they might not cut him yet. He will, totally. If he's willing to go in there and be short notice, he will. But uh, if he waits six months expecting a fight to come about, he's going to be in a soft spot. Unless they're looking to make a name off of him. But they already did it with Sage Northcutt. They already did it with a couple other guys on Gowdy. So. Yeah. On to Sean Propane. I mean Tarzan. Strickland coming in against Nordin Taleb, TKO round number two. Sean Strickland coming in and showing off that sweet-ass jab. That good takedown defense. Good little bit of ground that we saw, but to, is it more just Taleb as well? Taking a step back, he is around 40 years old. He wasn't his Canada, but... I agree. was saying that people are hating on Strickland, and I don't want to get too high on him, even though I really, really like him. I kind oh, of am leaning like you're leaning, where maybe Nordin's just over his he's heading out to pasture not that he's necessarily there but maybe he's on his way there totally so yeah Taleb he can... and I know it seems heartless when we talk about fighters but if you're somebody that listens to the show all the time we love who we love we're always a fan of Sean and we love them all just some less than others mm-hmm. that's true that's it except and... Jessica I <laughs> other than Jessica I <laughs> and that bitch that little bitch who do you like more oh no 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 also who is it not Phil Baroni, freaking Phil Brooks. CM Punk? That douchebag. Buck oh, me. Oh, yeah, he did block Buck me. Us. Get out of here. Get out of here. CM Punk. Creepy oh, ass boy. CM Punk. So, 
Then we move on to Court McGee defeating Alex Garcia via three. What about Sean Strickland? Where does he go next? Oh, Is where he... does he go? To the next. We're straight to the top. Take him to the top. You know how I feel about Sean Strickland. You, do you think like Mike Perry, Ponzinibbio, one of those guys? At 70, those guys all have bouts right now. Um, he could fight. He's close enough. Maybe he could fight the winner of Cowboy Mike Perry. But Mike Perry or Cowboy, whoever wins, isn't going to. Sean Strickland's one of those guys that no one wants to fight. It, that's what I see it's happening. It's like kind more of like a anything. Vic where it's not that no one wants to fight. The only way he's going to get one of those big name fights is on short notice. The same right. way Vic did, and it didn't work out for him great right. against Gagey. I totally agree with that. Um, but at the same time, Strickland. Yeah, I think once he gets another shot, Zaleski's a way tougher fighter than people think. Ugh, I do have to, again, just like we were saying with... Uh, I had Strickland heavy fighter. on my cards. I did too, and he worked out. It worked out, but um, who ended up? Qatar, as we are saying with that. The level of competition, maybe we shouldn't get that high hyped on him because... That's true. It's a it's an older Taleb. Okay. Then we go to the 70, or we stay at the 70 pounders with Court McGee defeating Alex Garcia via third round decision. Garcia, I ended up having finishing McGee. Didn't think he had enough left in the tank. And as we were saying with Garcia, it's that gas tank, and that showed up heavily in this fight. I went so heavy Court McGee as my one of my cheap fighters. Good. It was call. so amazing. And we talked it out right on air that um the Garcia gas tank and that Court McGee, if he's old school Court McGee and just tries to grind, he can wear him out. And this take is how you out. beat it is, Garcia. He did the game plan exactly what we said online that he had to do to beat Garcia. And we didn't think he was gonna because he we were like... He grounded out. I did. I had McGee decision everywhere. Oh, good call. I ended up staying Garcia, but I did because of that low value. McGee was one of the guys that I ended up putting on my cards to give me some of that oh, space. Perfect. And so he cashed. He was, he, was, he was crucial in there to help me stay in the money. Here's my other robbery, in my opinion. Real quick, where do you go with either one of those fighters in Garcia, McGee? Because they both are senior in that division. What They're both you... potatoes. They're both like, you You don't make it a meal, but it's good filler. Yeah. They're, they're, good on they're the never going to be headliners, but yeah, they're guys on the card that you're like, hey, McGee's on the card. Like, you know. Yeah, he's a veteran. <laughs> yeah. Or Garcia, oh, Garcia. It could be a quick knockout or it could be a slow, boring grind. Like, you know. Totally. Both of them, kind of the same. Yep. On to the 205ers, as you were saying, the other robbery of the night. We had John Vellante defeating Ed Herman via third round Even decision. John Vellante knew it. He gave Ed Herman the mic after. Everybody knows. Everybody can see it. It's John Vellante is in the hometown hero. What do you think it is? John Vellante by far is a bigger name. Interesting. Ed Herman's been in it for so much longer. I don't think length means big because both of them have been in it longer than Conor McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think length means anything. I just think it's a bigger name and a tenured fighter, almost like how Whippy Goldberg won her Oscar award for Ghost and not for the color purple. It's like they feel bad, so they kind of do it for your body of work. So that they they're get giving the him a screw job that he lost earlier in the split decision. Yeah, somewhere else yep. they probably fucked. They're up, making so. it right. So, but fans one of these... might write me and be like, "Eh, it was close enough. It wasn't a robbery," and I kind of felt that way too. It was close it enough was that a it wasn't dirty a bet. split. But that's why we said stay away from it. Mm -hmm. That's why and we're like, honestly, oh. if I'm being really honest, 
five punches may have separated the entire fight. So I really can't get that mad. And maybe I would have seen Volante win if I had Volante anywhere. I just thought <laughs> I thought Sherman was actually going to pull out the fight. Any or Herman, and he did a good job. He did. This fight was for a decision. Yeah. He ended up being okay. If you ended up playing on your DraftKings for Herman, a lot of people thought he wasn't going to go the distance in there. Um. Either fighter, though, going forward, I'm going to pretty much fade against anybody who's a little youthful with punching power. I agree. 205 division, though, it's the same thing. 205 is like the 265. 100%. You got that top three guys and then everybody else. And they're big enough guys that anything can happen, like where every fight becomes that, well, it's a puncher's chance. Right, right, right. Then we go on to the 135-pounders. We have Andre Sukamthath versus Jonathan Martinez in a third-round decision. Sukumta ended up winning barely by the skin of his teeth. He just loves to get into dirty-ass split-decision fights. The fight IQ, was it on full effect? It, everybody was saying it, too. And we were saying beforehand, it's, so it's his fight IQ why you can't trust him. Well, I stayed it's away. not his skill set. You're so right. He's amazing. Yep. It's just that he, he lacks total fight IQ. We said it first round. If he just backed off of him... I sounded a New Yorker when I said it. Backed off. <laughs> if he just backed off of him, he would have won the fight handedly. But he kept getting in uh, grappling exchanges with them, and he was losing there handedly. Right. And he was hurting them every time that he was standing at distance. This is pretty annoying. Pretty, pretty, pretty annoying. Still had the agents And I had Martinez submission round three, but I started getting irritated, like, Dude, you have this fight. Yeah, back why are you from him. why are you just giving it up that way? Martinez being a debuter, being a weight class above, I like his tenacity in there. I like the young man. I think he's gonna do well once he drops down into his real weight class. But uh, Asian sensation isn't an easy fight by any means whatsoever, and I think we're gonna see much better from this kid. I don't like Sukumthath. I feel like. As soon as he fights somebody better than Martinez, he's, again, going to get that dirty-ass split. Not in his favor, and it's going to be his own fault, unfortunately, and it sucks. Because I like him. I like his skill I like him, too, and he makes for an exciting fight, and... For all the wrong reasons. Or maybe he'll just make it to a right camp that will change that about him, like, where they'll actually get it through his head. Because what I've seen other fights of this night especially is really loud corners and fighters that were really great at listening to exactly what their corner said. And when they implemented that, they were winning the fight again. So I think maybe Sal Hamfath just needs maybe better coaching or he's listening at to his coaches. Think he's at What's at doing Club? right now? Amanda Nunes? What's they do? What are they doing right now? To me, they've lost all their belts. Didn't they just have a serial bomber come out of ATT? ATT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a little Dean. Uh, who was it? Freaking Dean Thomas was like way too soon because I said, hey, that must be Nick Lentz's house. I mean, Van. You guys don't know the guy that sent the metal pipe bombs, in quotes, the, the pipe bombs to all the predominant Democrats. Democrats. Um, he had a van and on his van sticker, one of the stickers of them, it's like all these like Hillary suck or CNN sucks or something like really biased stickers. One of them is the American top team logo. <laughs> yeah. Like four or five of them around his van. So <laughs> that is funny shit. Though. MMA baby <laughs> taking it to the next level. Hilarious. So, uh, with that, I also believe the owner has officially come out and said they have no affiliation. He never even was in their databases taking classes at ETT. With, in my opinion, 
going back to that, yeah, I don't believe it either. He just bought a sticker because it had an American flag on it yep. or something. Uh, going forward, though, with these guys, if the UFC got rid of Demetrius Johnson, they're also going to get rid of that men's 125. And so I think totally. the men's 135 is going to get thick as shit. And a perfect way to start the men's 135 and get rid of the 125, you have Cejudo and TJ fight each other. Yeah, That's a perfect way together. to just delete the other belt and not have to feel bad about it. Why would, you know? So Interesting. These guys fighting 125ers, both of them is exciting going forward. Yeah, I agree. That division could get really thick. I like both guys and I don't want to cut either off at the knees yet. So, they were, it yet. was an exciting fight. I it was, it. it was, it was sweating, sweating that one out. Then we went end up going to the 205ers where we had Misha Shurkinoff defeating... Patrick Cummings via submission round number one. I thought it would happen in round number two, but... I agree uh, with you. This was the one we agreed on yeah, for Parlay. Yeah, where, like, unfortunately for Pat Cummings, he's just not where he was. He is that 37, 38 years old. Um, took shots fairly well. They they got him one exchange, got to the ground once, and Churganoff did not let Cummings off the hook, got him in an arm triangle, and that's a wrap. Where do you go with Cummings from this point out? Oh. I don't know where there is to go, but once again, we're going to say what we're going to... Excuse me, I'm drinking uh, Dave Matthews wine. It's giving me the burps. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Patrick Cummings is in this 205 weak-ass division that maybe Patrick Cummings isn't interesting, but is he interesting maybe fighting Luke Rockhold or Chris Chris Weidman? Maybe. 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 So, he did everything we thought he was going to do in this fight, and a perfect call-out for Serkinov was asking for the fight against Ozdemir because he knocked him out so cleanly. So, him calling for that fight again, he'd only get it off a win with Ozdemir off a loss. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually kind of a perfect call-out for him because I don't want to go heavy in the paint with Serkinov. Agreed. Unless I watch him against a guy like Ozdemir again. I need to watch him against a guy with heavy hands before I feel really comfortable uh, about him like fighting for a title or something at 205. John Jones. It's a tough division right now. There's a lot of tough mites to be made because we've already seen Ozdemir Shurganov and it's just, do we want to... There's other... There's cleaner matchups. I don't know if there is anyone else. But if... We can talk about it when we get to the other guys, too, Anthony Smith and stuff. But if the winner goes somewhere, the loser goes somewhere else. And I feel like he's got to be up there in those talks they at the 205. So Serkinov has to fight forward, in my opinion. And he should For fight sure. a guy off a loss since he's coming off a win. So I don't know. I, he has a great skill set, in my opinion. When he's doing his game, he's one of the best. Totally. And that could be said about so many fighters. Exactly. That's exactly it's redundant, it. But <laughs> he's a guy I want to go heavy in the paint for. I do, but that chin is just so fragile, potentially, that you can't. You can't. I burn it once. You can't burn me twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> we go on to the co-main event, where we have... Michael Johnson defeating the greatest of all time, Artem the Hammer, Lobov. In a third-round decision, we here called Lobov the wager gauger, and I say it came through. And (laughs) my favorite tweet of the whole night, which I feel like was so perfect, was, hey, you know what? Artem Lobov would actually be a really great fighter if his wingspan were larger. The truth, little T-Rex arms, part of the little bomb. It just made me funny of, like, he can't change that. The guy has this great skill set, but if you watch the way he has to fight compared to everyone else, he has to put himself in such harm's way to come, like, leap inside to get these punches. Um, it's crazy. And the weird part about it is with a guy like Michael Johnson, 
who needs you to almost, he has such a long reach. He doesn't like you super up close. That once Artem made it into the inside to make these punches, he did, he fared okay. I was impressed. I didn't think he, and he takes some shots, boy. He takes some shots, boy. Human punching bag, Connor's punching bag, he's used to it. That's what he does. He rolls with the punches. Artem Obov has good defense, even though he does get touched up in there. Um, Michael Johnson did end up missing weight. By a pound. A pound. But Artem Lobov did give Michael Johnson his 20% back because he was just happy to be able to fight in there. And he handpicked Michael Johnson. He had a couple choices of fighters. Did he really? He handpicked Michael Johnson. He said, Michael Johnson's the hardest fight, and I only want to fight the hardest fighters. That's stand-up. Yeah, I thought everything about Artem I really liked. I do like Artem, too. That's why he's the GOAT. That's why he's the GOAT. For all intents and purposes, he brought more eyes to this card than any other fighter on it. Arguable, but I'll give it. I, I I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Yeah. So he <laughs> is the goat. Back down of Artem. I want to see him fight again in the one forty five. You don't think this is a run and done? This you don't think this is done after this one? It's I think what, Artem can still. He didn't get knocked out. He lost to a decision to Michael Johnson. Yeah, to Johnson. a top ten fighter essentially. Michael Johnson's still great to me. Yep. He'll never. At one forty five, if this is where he's gonna stay, he'll never be one of the greats. But he'll always be. A super hard gatekeeper. gatekeeper. Like, if you can make it through him, you're Justin Gaethje. Doesn't mean you're going to yeah, go all the way. Guy. It doesn't mean you're Aldo, but you're at least Justin Gaethje. <laughs> then we go to the main event. At 205, we had Anthony Smith defeating Volkan Ozdemir in a submission round number three. And I ended up, I've been here at B telling you guys where to usually put some parlays in the main events. And last couple weeks, I've been hitting plus 900 plus 700 i ended up putting some cash on and or ozdemir in the first round because we said if he gets it it's in the first round and i put money on anthony smith in the third because we thought he gets better as the fight goes on and anthony smith showed us that he with 40 fights under his belt knows how to weather a storm i don't think we said at all anthony smith gets better as the fight goes on we were all heavy on ozdemir and talking about how he went super far with daniel cormier and that's why we thought he had the advantage he was gonna have i thought we were saying maybe it's we thought anthony smith had the heavy hands at the beginning of and his gas tank does get pretty rough but he meets people in the older ones am i just imposing myself in somebody else's (laughs) week maybe (laughs) but maybe you still use their breakdown to make lots of money and if they followed you on twitter they would have made that money too that might be what you're trying to say i did split this fight though because it was a five rounder um i did and at zolt tonight on twitter if you follow always late breaking like right away parlay information coming up as the fights go on that if you're just one of those people that you can follow zolt tonight and make some extra skrilla for sure Free bets, all free bets. Yeah, that was a plug. Definitely. That was a Thank plug you of your one. channel. <laughs> but um, Ozdemir is a one-round fighter. I mean, he knocks people out in the first round or pretty much is losing outside of that. And that's what Anthony Smith showed with his 40-plus fights experience. Can weather the storm, get out there, put a game plan together, transition really well into uh, a good, strong ground game. I, he's done it to multiple people now. Hector Lombard's not easy to control on the ground, and he flattened him out like a pancake. Finally got that rear naked choke. At 205, as you've been saying, kind of the theme of the entire show is there's three guys you got to worry about in that division, and then it's open up. Has Anthony Smith gone from number 10 into that top three spot, beating the number two guy, being Ozdemir now? 
my best thing I have to say about Anthony Smith is he weathered the storm and then got a lucky submission. In my opinion, after he broke a guy's nose, we see guys crumble after they get the second nose break. It's like the first time. We, you say Ozdemir's nose be fucked up from that Daniel Cormier fight. Did mm-hmm. he get an elbow to the face or something that just sent his oh, nose yeah. sideways? And uh, I think that injury, Anthony Smith got that again and that's what led up to the choke to begin with i almost feel like it was an easy he gave up ozdemir gave up his back easy and he may have punched himself out a little bit but i could see that i think he the first two rounds were ozdemir's all day to me he was picking anthony smith apart and maybe he shouldn't have gone for so many head shots he should have gone for more body shots i thought he had better leg kicks going down and when the submission happened it was kind of like there's no such thing as an easy submission or a quick submission and I don't know if it's telling by, I know the 40 fight keep coming up. Well, he has 40 fights. He has 40 fights. But how long has it been since he's gone to those late rounds in this? Um, I'm not going to be too high on Anthony Smith going forward. But the 205 division, like we were saying before, mm-hmm. I'm excited about Ozdemir and Anthony Smith fighting Luke Rockhold, Chris Weidman, all these guys from the 185 that if they're going to stay in, Yoel Romero, like if they're going to stay fighting that we know are going to move up, Maybe Jacare Souza. I love it. I love keeping Anthony Smith and Vulcan Ozdemir. And this was such a close, great fight that once it was all said and done, it was one of the things I love most about MMA. Like, Agreed. It was. I didn't really care. They were both so. I didn't they know probably. enough about them. I needed to see them fight each other to know more, and that made me realize that's how every fight is, and that's why I love this fucking sport so much. Like. And just because you lose to this guy doesn't mean you're going to lose to this guy. And MMA math never works, and I love that. What? MMA math doesn't work? Bro, so I to speak? What? what? Just, yeah, just because you lose to Daniel Cormier doesn't mean you beat the next guy? Like, what? So, and I love being not knowing everything and that's why we pick fights and sometimes we get hate out there for picking wrong fights or people not agreeing with who Sorry, pick. Whoever, whoever has a hundred percent picking rate let me know yeah let me know and also don't take it personally because we didn't pick your fighter listen to earlier shows we may have before or we may be so high on them because of this fight now and admit we're wrong totally i do believe what did you end up going in the night overall i don't even know i, I think you were like that. seven of 13 which is over 50 percent Mm. And two were robs for me. Two were robs. I got um, nine out of 13, only getting Those four two. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Those two. Yeah. But they were. We didn't agree on the two that I got robbed. But it doesn't. It still worked out on the DraftKings cards for me. I had a better. That's probably why I didn't look back at the tapology. Because I was like, oh, my God, real dollars. I got 230 money, baby. Dad, I got my Derek Lewis money. We're going to have a heavy-duty preliminary breakdown that... Are we just going to roll into? Uh, yeah, I think we're just going to do the whole entire card Wednesday. Oh, I thought we were going to break it up because it's a pay-per-view. Well, this Had would, we be, not the, this would be the prelim show. This would be it. But you know what? It would have been before, but now it's it's lost Super a little tight. luster, this card. This card's already taken a little air out of the balloon. With the Nate... Diaz, uh, Dustin Poirier off what of the it. Shevchenko uh, changed in and out as the main event, then not and with the Joanna, then the Derek Lewis as the late sub. This it, off Derek Lewis fighting two weeks ago. This is kind of a weird card. I think we can fit it all in one episode. Okay, and we won't have to. I just we did promise the fans that we were going to break it up. That's why I'm like, oh well, at least we acknowledge 
why we're hey. going to split it up. You're going to have to stick around for oh, the next one. Oh, and speaking one. of acknowledgement, sorry about the video episode this time, you guys, and it's audio only for the YouTube listeners that we have. Uh, we're working on the audio, and that's just that. So you get an audio only episode so people don't bitch at us about our video <laughs> audio quality. See, the more, the bigger you get. The bigger you get, it's the more I need to even stop looking. More follows, more problems. Yeah, that's what it is. All right, thanks for listening, and make sure you like and subscribe so we can get more follows and even more problems. Let's go the bean! Thanks for listening to Let Be. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.